Good afternoon, everyone. I'm your host, Finn, and today we'll be recording the first edition of our new All Things Medicine podcast. With me today, I have Youssef, Harrison, Harini, Morgan, Keshav, and Hassan. Today, we'll be talking about the psychological distress on junior doctors. Now, Youssef, what are your views on this? Uh, well, more recently, more studies are being published on the psychological distress of junior doctors, and some really concerning statistics have been released. Uh, recently, I've actually read that about uh, one in five doctors commit suicide, mm. and that uh, 93% of junior doctors think that being overworked is uh, normal and part of their everyday job. Yes. And uh, with, with these concerning facts, we have to think about what we will do in the future and how to reduce and mitigate these effects. Does anyone have any ideas on how we might overcome this in the future? I, for one, think that we should. It's obviously massively understaffed and therefore we need to try and help recruit more people. Now, medicine is one of the hardest fields to get into for university-wise. And so I think widen access, as most universities are now doing, is a huge part in... Uh, trying to overcome this situation. Does anybody else have any views on this? One um, solution maybe is having support networks in the hospital for the doctors, where doctors can attend weekly, monthly. <laughs> yeah, like potential therapy. But to like mental health like help amongst the doctors yeah. in the hospitals. Uh, one thing that we discussed previously on our medical society in our medical society was how we can reduce uh, the uh, overextended NHS structure. And we overcame this by doing, um, so maybe delegating more responsi responsibility to nurse practitioners and yeah. as well as... They're definitely very experienced, so they can take a lot of stress off junior doctors who obviously do have no real experience at all actually working in a hospital yeah, field. Exactly. Whereas if you delegate that to a more experienced nurse practitioner, such as there's, there's loads of them around the hospital now, even though they are still a little bit understaffed, um, then it could take a lot of the weight off the junior doctors and therefore lead to less of a more psychological distress for those junior doctors. Yeah, I think definitely um, thinking of the psychological stress, you know, it's similar to soldiers who come back from war. They see something very extreme, you know, a doctor has just seen inside of someone and it can be very... <laughs> It can be very yeah, um, traumatic, you know. So therapy, I, I believe therapy should definitely be given to the doctors. Yeah, yeah we definitely that, need to idea. introduce more trained professionals into the field to be able to kind of take off that stress from these psychologically distressed junior doctors. It's something that really needs to, it's a big prominent issue in our NHS at the moment. Uh, we do need to w wonder about the financial cost of that because that'll be an extra financial like strain uh, on each uh, uh, hospital, so. But if you're, I think the government, the inflation has just rose to nine percent today, and you're getting more, more and more money into the economy. Even though it's the negative effect on the public sector throughout this is, it's obviously the extent is profound, the impact on it. Um, but I think the. Uh, financial cost of that can is a is a risk worth taking. Yeah. For, Do you think it out, outweighs? Yes. Yeah. So the so outweighs. so the so the paying for this psychological help for these distressed junior doctors 
definitely outweighs the cost that it will infer. Yeah, but the thing is, uh, with with psycholo- psychologists, uh, th- therapists, basically, uh, they also are, are oversubscribed and yeah. Yeah. very competitive, undersubscribed, still very competitive, and it's really hard to become a therapist. Uh, so I don't know how we can get enough uh, therapists for everyone. Mm. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's another all kind of scientific. Yeah, all scientific fields are very under under subscribed at the minute. Yeah. So it's all kind of it molds itself into one big problem yeah. for our public sector. Speaking about that, um, something that is oversubscribed are, is actually nurse practitioners. Oversubscribed. And, yeah, it's no, it's oversubscribed. Is it? It oh, is. Right. And um, so this training can obviously be taken to more potential doctors. Um, I would say if there's more nurse practitioners are oversubscribed, then by dispersing some of the workload from doctors to the nurses would also alleviate some of the stress for the doctors. And I would say that by also, as I mentioned earlier, about introducing some kind of mental health help amongst doctors in the hospital. Mm, yeah. So I would say... That, that would massively yeah there's, there's the different ways to go about it as well you could it's not just necessarily uh professional psychological help that can be provided it's even like just yeah, yeah 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 even just things like work retreats or experiences for these junior doctors that have no social life yeah because obviously as you have said earlier they are the, the overworking is the norm for them so kind of a way for them to get away from that would be something that's be really useful for them to kind of alleviate that stress. And I don't think it costs a lot of money just to like do these. No, things. no, it's not. No. It's not going to cost a lot. So that kind of disadvantage of the cost, I would say, is far outweighed by the benefits that yeah. we have for. Yeah, and the if you, it's, it's, it's kind of it's not necessarily an investment, but it is at the same time. It's kind of a long term investment the, into how people will eventually view our NHS because obviously they can tell the junior doctors are a lot happier. They're a lot more friendly around the hospital, giving people a better service. And that, therefore, improves the people's view on the NHS. And then a knock-on effect of that is that you can then have a more uh, people more willing to invest money into that public sector. And then it all kind of is it's a cycle. It'll, more money into the public sector, more money into the NHS. And it kind of helps that. It's going to create like a positive kind of feedback yeah, loop exactly. of improvements or... Not only the doctors, because their lives are going to be improved socially and also at work, they're going to be less stressed. And it's mm. also going to help patients because they're going to be receiving better care, better treatments. So it benefits everybody. Yeah. The thing is, we can also play uh, a part in uh, helping the NHS. So as members of our society, we can, we can stop the overload of GP uh, and also because there's little to no education on the channels in which we have to go through to get the proper treatment. So a lot of, a lot of people, uh, when they can't get hold of their GP, they go to A&D. And obviously, for minor injuries, the, the, this should not take place because it's already, uh, the wait time is already four yeah, hours. Really a lot, isn't it? Even mm. for people who have got really um, severe. prominent, yeah, severe severe injuries, they're still having to wait a long, long, long time. And I think um, 
the support the public shows for the NHS is very important as well. Like for COVID, we had clapping on every Thursday. Yeah. Uh, all the posters around. Uh, yeah, it shows that the the. the I really encourages. Yeah, the, the the general public have really do kind of have some idea of exactly. the distress and, put on junior doctors and doctors, and doctors as, as well as it yeah. is, yeah. Yeah, they, they risk their lives for us and it shows that we stand together with them. But I think if we stand together with them, we have to also play a role in helping them yeah. uh, have... And that, and that could be an active role or a passive role. Mm-hmm. By An active role is obviously you're kind of um, actually trying to go out of your like way to... Like teaching in school. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Go, go, actually going out your way to promote these issues, Yeah. whereas your more passive way is kind of just you're showing respect and you're clapping on the street mm-hmm. every Thursday, kind of showing that you know the psychological distress that they're being put under. respect when you visit them every the GP. Yeah, exactly. I because GPs, definitely, it's also another, not just junior doctors, but... No, even like the receptionists. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, yeah. I heard from a lot of the receptionists that they were treated pretty poorly by their... Yeah. Um, by, like, the patients. Because some of the general public just don't have an understanding about how their actions have a deep psychological effect on these kind of even just receptionists especially yeah. gps who obviously now your treatment going to a gp it's one one issue per session but then obviously you tell that to an individual who does not like that they've got multiple issues wrong with them they don't want to come back at a later date they don't understand that you can't get a gp appointment because they're so fully booked at the moment um and then they get kind of they're on a bit of short fuse and therefore kind of take that anger and, and distress out on the GPs and it's kind of a knock-on effect and that can be felt throughout the practices. Yeah, and they won't work as effectively. Exactly. And then that therefore tarnishes the the um, image further of the, that the public have on our health sector. Yeah. Le- um, causing a negative feedback loop, less funding, etc. Yeah, et exactly. Uh... With the educating, we don't necessarily have to go teach schools. Like, social media yeah, plays yeah, exactly. a prominent... Yeah, no, no, that was just an example. No, no, I know. Social media plays a prominent role uh, in our society. And just by putting advertisements on social media on uh, protect the NHS, go to the GP for minor yeah, injuries. Yeah, exactly. And just, uh, just like how they use social media for advertisement for the vaccine, that, that was a very good idea. Mm-hmm. Mm. And talking on the vaccine, I, from my work experience, or, well, volunteering, should I say, vac- actually being able to vaccinate individuals, I've had many, many people um, kind of... Obviously, I've had to try and not coerce, but kind of help, pe- help, yeah, help people understand about why they need the vaccine. And I've come across many distressed parents and things of children who... The children decide they don't want the vaccine, even though they don't necessarily know what actually are in the components. They don't know what it will do to them. They don't know about what we're putting into their body and therefore they decide that they don't want it. And they use distressed parents that then take it out on you as the vaccinator for not giving them the vaccine, even when it would be unethical to do that. Yeah, what do you think, Ishaan? I, I agree with what Finn said. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a big psychological challenge even for just a, a, uh, not, even a, not even a primary or a secondary care sector, just for someone working with the public in any scenario, not just medicine. I would say that the whole the, the National Health Service 
it's not just like it's not just a doctor it's it's the whole group of people so it's the receptionists it's the nurses doctors everybody like that yeah it's the entire scope of the nhs really yeah. and then one small negative uh, experience of a patient has a huge like impact on, on, the, on people's view of yeah yeah the exactly of the yeah NHS. and so and that's something that needs to be protected because yeah that's exactly. the driving force behind the mm. health of our country yeah and so for it to be negatively perceived it's it, kind of it's other countries actually see the nhs better than we ourselves in this country see it from what i've spoken uh, with from uh, yeah, I've spoken people, about yeah. Some people in America who yeah. think the NHS is like amazing. Yeah, but from, in reality, it's, it's like there's many it could flaws. Be a, it, yeah. Many many flaws could be improved. But yeah, it's kind of a it, you get <coughs> beggars can't be choosers really. Exactly, it yeah. kind of goes back to that. Yeah. And it's um, I've talked to many people who um, who've been to train abroad, and if you've got a qualification from the NHS, it's kind of seen in most countries as kind of the gold standard. Yeah for medicine and so lots of other countries perceive it so so much better than we do in our country but what i would say is that that means that it's not all negative in our nhs it does show that there are definitely some advantages to the nhs mm. because even though as residents in the uk we can see the flaws more clearly than maybe people in america or different countries around the world and so it does show that there's definitely starting point to improve the national health service and a way to do that could be educating the public yeah definitely uh, i think that's the main yeah that's the, that's the main thing educating people because although they have we have started to do that because um there's been like stuff on the radio saying that uh, don't take antibiotics unnecessarily mm, to prevent yeah, resistance yeah. from happening yeah yeah and just reducing people from smoking by obviously deterring them um, you know, lung disease is the most common disease and it's most commonly obtained by smoking. Mm. So just saying information like this. So yeah. would you say that it's not only psychological effects of GP and doctors, you'd also say that it's public about, yeah. it's just about also medical issues. Yeah, it's, it's, goes, it's, it's like was mentioned earlier. <coughs> Excuse me. It goes back to that kind of negative feedback loop. So you have one person who has a bad viewpoint on the NHS from a bad experience obviously going back to that that bad experience could be a result of kind of a, an overstressed doctor even anything just from a, a bit of an agitated receptionist yeah. because yeah. they've had a had a had a rough day so what would you say is like the the best way to combat those negative experiences that people have and how can you kind of rectify them what would you say is the best method to do that? Mm. Well, obviously, I'd definitely say I think, um, in trying to improve men, trying to improve the mental health of doctors mm. is the best. Yeah, and you can do that. You can do that simply just by even just like was mentioned earlier about retreats. Yeah. For doctors and things like that. What are you guys? I think when patients come for a minor diagnosis, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, they, when they get let down by the doctor because it's such a small thing they get very angry mm. and maybe like there's a lot of pressure yeah and i think this is where education comes in educating the public about uh the mental health common, of common yeah. diseases common flus and colds and what the symptoms are yeah. and 
this will prevent them from going to the GP for every single small thing. Mm. But then you do, I, I think you do get an issue there where people are starting to self-diagnose. Yeah, and then yeah, if, you, if you get like the, uh, like the so-called, yeah, like the so-called think, Google doctor. Yeah. So, yeah. You, yeah. so you search on Google and diagnose yourself and then you go to, let's say, a GP and say, oh, you've got, you've got a slight, I don't know, um, what's the word? A slight... Um, you got symptoms of a specific disease. Yeah, it's um, yeah, so like a like a mild present presenting of a disease that Google thinks you've got lung cancer or something. Yeah, yeah. and it's it leads to a lot of when yeah when the it when the people, yeah it scares it. people and then when you go to a doctor and they say oh um, no it's not this at all I can't give you anything for it even if you're feeling bad that's when people get agitated and it goes back to that psychological distress that it puts on those doctors because they're dealing yeah. with that at least five times a day i'd say when it, when we were talking about um you know the education i feel like we should have been educated you know like pshc um we should be educated like on distress of doctors mm, and yeah. other things like that see but the, the problem with that is it's not very uh, it's not that much of a topical issue for most schools yeah. it's not something that I don't think the government would ever consider putting on a national curriculum as such. And it's not just for young people. I, I don't think in young people it's as bad, the view on the NHS, because obviously young people are much more kind of vibrant and they mm. don't really see those flaws. Whereas I think it's definitely more in like the elderly generation is where you kind of start to see this negative impact because mm. obviously with age, you're maybe going to be visiting them or... You've got more experience. And they, they're more exposed to that so-called negative effect yeah. that's felt by the NHS. Yeah. So I think, but I think by starting to educate the younger people uh, in schools, uh, universities, things like that, would definitely help to kind of shift the mindset towards yeah, the yeah. NHS. That's, that isn't it. We just need to shift, shift that mindset yeah, of, need to start of the general public. It's, yeah... Even if we just do that passively, which was a big thing through lockdown, I think yeah. it was it was kind of a tactical thing by obviously Boris Johnson, the Prime Minister at the time, to kind of shift the nation's mindset from a kind of almost depressed state um, to a more kind of hopeful, hopeful state. and patriotic. But I would say that state of mind because of, all, of also clapping and things the NHS that definitely worked, um, and so. I think to implement something like that again would be beneficial because I think that's that was lost after the lockdown and yeah. now the, the current virus yeah, now, pandemic now is starting to yeah. kind of become less relevant almost. Yeah. So I think to uh, rejuvenate that kind of sense of community within the NHS. And that's all it is, we just need to shift that mindset of the general public. I mean, just we can do that passively just through the simplest of things yeah yeah posters or advertising on social media like was mentioned earlier yeah things stop waffling and advertisements um posters on social media yeah yeah to be honest uh i think the best thing to do is uh provide uh proper channels that uh junior doctors can follow and how yeah, to yeah. and how to imp- improve and mitigate these effects because post-traumatic disorder it happens it, it happens during the treatment and post-treatment as well so as, as soon as you get it if you solve it from 
the, the point as soon as possible, it reduces the post-traumatic stress that doctors face. Yeah, just just educating the actual the actual medical students on what they're what they're going to face, because um, I'm sure you know you, you wouldn't expect the medical students to understand the world they're going to go into just yet. Yeah. So just educating them as much as they can. It's kind of they're just thrown into the deep end, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. 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 So yeah, maybe, maybe, getting some the, maybe getting some of the older medical, maybe getting some of the later year medical students to uh, talk to them. Yeah, or even kind of aid in that transition process a, a little yeah. bit more. Because I know from talking to people who've just recently graduated medical school, they've said that tr- that transition to becoming a, a a foundation one doctor is just is such a big step, and it puts such a a kind of pressure and psychological distress. I understand that, because yeah. um, especially as a medical student, you're constantly thinking about your studies, but then once you're done out of medical school, mm. you've got different pressures. It's exactly, not, it's not yeah. an exam. It's a completely it's, different it's environment. It's a, yeah. yeah, it's, it's a complete, completely, you, it completely changes. The exactly. whole, that whole atmosphere changes. Your whole mentality has to change with it as well. And uh, aided by the fact that doctors, sometimes doctors that uh, mentor these junior doctors, sometimes they're not as uh, open or as understanding uh, and get too, maybe too angry at them. Maybe they didn't teach them well, well enough. You know, I, I've read quite a few books, but the laws of medicine, when it describes a doctor who had a stern, a stern way of teaching, yet was, was also understanding. That's the best way to teach junior doctors. You, sh- you can't be... Uh, because you have to understand that these junior doctors, they faced a lot of uh, roadblocks and this is something new that they have to adapt to. So would you say that to, to kind of change this distress, the psychological distress amongst doctors, would you say that that has to start internally from universities with like students? Or would you say that that is for more like doctors? Uh, I'll pass Jeez. this question on to Keisha, what do you think? I'd say it's more from a doctor's perspective because you need you need to have a senior you need to have senior doc you need to have a, uh, the senior doctors to mentor. Yeah, you kind of need senior doctors more to help that transition because yeah. they kind of those junior doctors are just left on their own kind of they're just like I said thrown into the deep end and it increases just the massive and psychological the stress. Yeah, yeah, just that massive psychological effect that it has on them yeah. and therefore kind of that negative feedback loop. Going e- even to... me personally, I'm I'm, on, I'm academically under a lot of stress. So imagine, imagine it being, uh, uh, being a med- medical student. Uh, how, how stressful would that be? As well as having to do a work placement and achieve, uh, achieve academically as well. It's very hard. Very yeah, hard. yeah, yeah and it's, it's definitely um, a much higher pressure environment than for example, just studying. Yeah, studying. It's yeah. much more in a, pressure. In, in theatre, or yeah. even just in... So, Morgan, what, what would you say? Would you say anything about... Not to mention, they all have financial situations to deal with. Like, because uh, that's from medical school, which may also add an extra stress. Yeah, yeah good, but... Good point, Keisha. They all have their lives, I guess. <laughs> well, it's been great uh, working with uh, and talking with you guys, uh, because, you know, we've understood a lot of things yeah, during definitely, this discussion. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of we've opened kind of the eyes of the people um, into the psychological distress that these junior doctors feel. So thank you all for listening. I've been your host, Finn Nichols, 
and、um, join us again next week for more.